Look at this. Oh, my God. Wait. We're not at the base yet. Keep going. What, look at this tiny <laughs> penis we found. From the smallest room New in New York, York City. City. The Sanctimony <laughs> City. The show that gives you a reason to live. For the rim. With the brim. Yes. <laughs> Drastically different size brass. Really? One big one and one. Sad baby that wants to be an American. Yeah. How many guys from my high school want to put me in an oven? You know, probably all of them. I mean, I kind of want to put myself in one. So, that is fucking not okay. Um, that is unacceptable in 2018. When you have a yeah. butt, like and yeah. when you have a, a black girl's butt, you're fucked. You're just. Well, fucked. New York doesn't have a stand your ground law. You're smart. On dogs. On dogs. Or anything. So you have to run. That's well, I can't rape a man yeah, without we, a foreign object. An object, involved. yeah. It's safer. <laughs> and it's, uh, somehow it completes the well, circuit. Anytime the FBI is dragged through her mud, I fully support it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Women be. Shopping. Yes. Well, no, just like, you know, like 70s music, like this kind of, like Steely Dan is kind of like, you never heard that expression, yacht rock? No, never heard yacht rock before. Oh, well, like, you know, Steely Dan or uh, I guess the Eagles or just this kind mm. of. It's kind of mellow California sound or yeah, whatever from right. the seventies. Like it's just it's great music to uh, do, do coke in an Armani suit. <laughs> and, and to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But why, why can't they dance together? Just cause because she's nineteen. Because she's nineteen and he's like thirty. They don't do the same dances. Oh right, they, he's doing the twist still. Probably he's doing the twist, and uh, she's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Did you ever do? I never did a dance while I was dancing before. No, we're 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 too we're too um we're not old enough for that. I'm not old enough that I can remember. You know that 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 formulation that's gotten really popular among women. What I'm old enough to remember? Is that something women say? Oh, oh uh, no! I thought when you said I'm not old enough to remember. Oh, oh, oh! So, oh. so how how is this game played? Uh, I'm old enough to remember. It's not a game. It's just something you you just see people always saying like, "I'm old enough to remember when the president of the United States didn't, uh, you know, blah blah blah," or "I'm old enough to remember." When it wasn't considered acceptable for a man to uh, put his hand down a woman's pants, or oh sure, <laughs> whatever. I remember when women could keep their mouth shut about a thing. I'm old enough to remember I'm when women remember weren't that. yapping all over the place. Yes, I'm. I'm old enough to remember when looking at a woman and complimenting her outfit in in a lewd way didn't get you was, fired. No, it was just annoying. Yeah, yeah, it was just an. It was just something that was annoying. Sexual harassment. We used to make fun of that word. Did you see, by the way, that now, um, I guess when de Blasio was up in Albany the other day, you know, he was going around and um, saying hi to all the legislators and, you know, shaking the men's hands and kissing the women. Um, And a reporter called him out on it. They were like, do you think it's appropriate that you treat the men and the women differently? That you kiss the women? Like, why are you... Forcing yourself on them. So what happened? What did he say? He said, I've been doing that for decades. It's just a cultural norm. I don't think there's anything questionable about it. Wow, that seems reasonable and uh, sort of hate that. Well, th- that's the thing, you know, and I kind of, I, I w- I'm, I'm happy to give de Blasio credit when he deserves it. And yeah, it's like, an, it, you know, it's stupid. Um 
That's yeah. it. Would have been better if he would have said, "That's the stupidest question that I've ever heard." But uh, he says things like that. Yeah, but he says that to smart questions. Right, right, right. Uh, he wanted to show respect to this question, I guess. One thing that he says a lot too is. Uh, he deflects by saying, I've answered that already. I've answered it numerous times. I'm not talking about that anymore. Sure, sure. That's a, and boy, do they, do they ever get the idea. Right. You ever notice that? They are immediately like, uh, oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. If you say so. <laughs> we won't ask you that again. There's just not enough like cantankerous uh, journalists in New York City. What do you um, need? Missing something? Your coffee? No, I've got my coffee. Oh, I know what you're looking for. Yeah, my little... <laughs> Mandy brought me one of those. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess she's she passed hers on to me and got got the nicotine in it and everything. Oh. It's, it's, it's pretty much even odds on who starts using it, you know, because she's not using nicotine now. But, okay. But now that that's loaded up, she's got a little rationale to be like, you know, I set that up for you. You didn't even use it, so I... I I may as well use yeah, it. I figured, and that's why I picked it up. Got it. But we'll see. I mean, I think it would help a lot for quitting smoking. It's satisfying. I like it. Well, clearly the way you're looking for it. But I didn't. <laughs> I know. Obviously, it, hits, it scratches that itch. Well, you know what's funny is I, it's not like I use it at work all day at all. But when we start doing this, I just kind of, what's the matter? Right. I'm just trying to see if I see it. No, but no, that, I'll, that's I'll get it. a syringe. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Yeah, right. Uh, can um, you do? I wonder if you could do nicotine intravenously. Uh, I mean, you, you'd probably die immediately. Right. Instead of slowly. I mean, but you, there must be some amount you could use. Oh, sure. Like, I don't think nicotine is. Um, I don't think nicotine taken in like small doses is particularly dangerous. I don't think so either. And, and really, it's, uh, it's, it, it's always taken in small doses. Yeah. You can only get so much into your lungs at once. That's true. So, did you ever um, see the movie or read the book, Thank You for Smoking? I saw the movie. I thought it was great. There's this funny part when they, like the anti, like it's a, he's a smoke, pro smoking lobby, a tobacco lobby. Aaron Eckert, yeah. Yeah. And they, um, I guess he's kidnapped and they, they cover him in nicotine patches. <laughs> and he's like, he, he just thinks it's great, right? Well, no, I mean, I think he gets really sick and almost dies. Oh, I guess if you were covered in him, that would be a lot of nicotine. Terrible. But and and he doesn't. He he smokes in it, but only like sort of like the kind of smoking that they do when they when R.J. Reynolds meets with the Senate or something, and they used to sit there and smoke back when you could smoke. I guess is that so? In the, yeah, I recall seeing that all the tobacco executives very conspicuously. Uh, Smoking cigarettes in 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 the Senate or whatever like, in Congress, yeah. I seem they, to recall they used to let you do that. I mean, you used to be able to smoke everywhere. Yeah, I guess so, but not not lately. I smoked on a bus when I was a kid. I remember that, and that was fine on a on a Greyhound bus going to Middle Tennessee. Did they have a smoking section? There were certain seats you could smoke in, and certain yeah. ones you couldn't. Those so, yes. worked really well. Yes, in terms of compartmentalizing the smoke. Yeah, they probably work better than we thought, than we, than we think we remember. You think so? I, th- I bet they did. If you created a, a... Well, they had, by the window, this, the, the, you know, a, a vent that, oh, oh, that, that okay. sucked. But, I mean, come on. I, I, I agree. How about on airplanes? Do you remember when you, you could smoke on airplanes? I wasn't on an airplane of, you know, during that time. Oh, really? But did you ever smoke on a plane? No, I never smoked, but my mother did. So we would always sit in the smoking section. 
You never smoked. Not on an airplane. Oh, right. Did you have a smoking section in your school? Yeah. Man. Yeah, outside. We had the very first... Yeah, except it was outside. Not an indoor one. <laughs> well, yeah. A lot of imagine? places had that. <laughs> um, yeah, we had, there was a smoking... There was a legit smoking section, smoking area like that when, I, when my brother was in school. And then the last year, they my first year in high school, they had gotten rid of it that year. Oh, no I shit. missed it by a year. And I was smoking at that time. Too. I mean, it was sort of weird to think... Looking back on it now, it's kind of funny that they had a smoking section. I can't remember. In a school. In a school. I can't. Yeah. A smoking area. I don't remember how old you had to be to be allowed to. Sm- I mean, I, I guess it I should mean, have been 18, yeah. but I don't think it was. I, think, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're supposed you had to, to be. You had to get, like, your parents' permission or something. But the thing is, what were they going to do? Go around and check? You would think. How many, how many smokers could there be? There were a lot. It'd be a lot thinner once they checked. <laughs> I mean, it would cut it in half. It'd have to. I'm old enough to remember. I th- yeah. These things. Yeah. yeah. Smoking sections in high schools. Things and, did and used airplanes. to be very, very different. Where uh, I remember there was a, there may still be one in Hartsfield Airport, Airport in Atlanta. Yeah, but they it's... a smoking room. A, I think they got rid of it. They did? I believe so. Busiest I, airport in the world. I know. Hartsfield International. It's Jackson Hartsfield now. Is it? For somebody black. <sighs> I think Hartsfield was somebody black, too, though. I don't know. Really? I don't know. It sounds like a black name. I wonder what the airport in Wakanda is called. Where's Wakanda? You don't know about Wakanda? Hmm. That's weird. Hmm. Wakanda is an African nation that is the most technologically sophisticated civilization in the history of humanity. Oh, really? Yeah. It's um, featured in the new Black Panther movie. And what makes them so sophisticated? They just they they just have all of this like amazing shit. Uh huh. Tell me, like what? I, I haven't seen the movie. Like like, like like you're talking about like uh, like I guess flying like flying stuff like medicine that just fixes everything. Uh, I don't know. Wakanda. Wakanda. W a Wakanda. K a n d a. Or look up Black Panther movie. I mean, supposedly, uh, I mean this is this movie. It's gotten a hundred percent ratings on. Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's actually 100% possibly illegal to give it anything but like an A plus rating. It could be a hate crime, conceivably, if you're giving it a low rating. There's a whole movement to make sure that every black student gets to go see this movie. Why? Look at the look. It's on the cover of Time Magazine this week. It says why? Why would why should everybody see that? Well, not everybody, just all black kids, because it's show to show them a positive role models. American kids? Yes. What do they care? Because it's like to show them positive black role models. But isn't that racist? Of a, of a comic book. Yeah, it's it's so racist. It's like incredibly stupid. But it, t- trust me, Pat, they just keep going on and on. You you haven't heard about it yet, but I promise you, in the coming weeks, you are going to hear so much about Wakanda, Black Panther, and all this shit. I put in Wakanda movie, and it gives me a, a movie theater in Wakanda, it's, South Dakota. It's not called Wakanda. It's called Black Panther. Black Panther movie. Okay. Yeah. See, look, the revolutionary power of Black Panther. Marvel's new movie marks a major milestone. Oh, you mean this is a movie about the the comic book character Black Panther? Yes, and his 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 his, na- his, his nation Wakanda. 
Oh, and uh, so I had no I thought this was some sort of a documentary or no, something. No, no, no. It's all made up. Oh, Here, listen to this. This is <laughs> so that now that people need to see this movie. Yes. Wait, look on IMDb. It's only got three and a half out of five. What? All right, listen to this. This is from Time Magazine. I'm not even going to click on that. All right, let me just read this, Pat. Those of us who are not white have considerably more trouble not only finding representation of ourselves in mass media and other areas, arenas of public life, but also finding representation that indicates that our humanity is multifaceted. Mm. Relating to characters on screen is necessary not merely for us to feel seen and understood, but also for others to, who need to see and understand us. When it doesn't happen, we are all the poorer for it. This is one of the many reasons Black Panther is significant. Okay. Um, well, I like the idea that you need that you need to show your multifaceted humanity through complete, like through a, through a, a, comic a, a, com- a comic book movie. Uh, yeah. Well, here's here's a review. Uh, in here's a, well an article actually in Mashable and it's entitled Black Panther gets first bad review for dumbest reason imaginable. Okay, what's the dumb reason? So, I don't know. We'll have to find out. Critical reviews are always subject uh, subjective opinion. So in general, you can't really say a reviewer got it objectively quote wrong. Okay. Unless that is you're referring to the first negative review of Black Panther, courtesy of the Irish Independence Ed Power. Oh, okay. what the fuck does he know? Yeah. Because even a staunch defender of every critic's right to do their own opinion, taste, and perspective will find it hard to justify what Power takes issue with. In essence, Power appears distraught by the film's ambitions as a superhero movie to elevate meaningful themes, wishing instead uh, Marvel had done its uh, first African superhero justice by sticking to the usual more uh, rote, this is the usual rote Marvel movie formula. Okay, so he, he he doesn't like the fact that it's doing all these things that Time is so happy that it's doing. Well, I guess. I mean, what is the... He's trying to how did it break segregate, from the formula? trying to basically segregate African-Americans and Africans, of course, who, but segregate them into some kind of uh, like cultural ghetto. Uh, oh. Let's see if he does. He says the film's main action sequence, which is seen in many of the trailers, uh, he, he, he gives it ample praise. Um, here's here's Powers' a review of this action sequence or whatever. A neon-splashed early chase sequence in Korea is in the tradition of Marvel's best action scenes, as with justly praised airport slugout in Civil War, it goes on forever, and confidently marshaled by director blah, blah, blah. Okay, but he follows that up by reducing the film's climax. But from here, Black Panther spirals into a stodgy tale of... Uh, now, here's a word I don't know. Uh... Inter- internecine or internecine. internecine what does that mean like conflict fighting. okay yeah feuding in which uh, t'challa is required to come to terms with the sins of past generations what he doesn't get to do much of is jump around beating up bad guys that's a shame marvel has finally given us an african superhero the hope surely was that he would be allowed to do superheroic things uh whatever mashable's response that stodgy tale of inner Nessine feuding that revolves uh, around Wakanda's reckoning with the sins of past generations refers to the final sequences that left other critics in tears. (laughs) You could argue these sequences raise the typically vacuous third act superhero battle to new heights with stakes and consequences that actually carry the weight of issues facing our real world. Look, if you don't admit that Black Panther is 
better than Hamlet or Macbeth, you just, then you just fucking like clearly stomped it's, Mike it, Brown's head into the pavement. <laughs> For political reasons. Black Panther, it says, is a complex, multi-layered story. So that's it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, 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 thanks for uh, you know letting me know about this thing that I was blissfully ignorant of. I know. I had no idea. Well, I, it's just so funny that like, what was I mean, that? What was I, the, what was I the, don't think it's true that black people don't see themselves represented in the media. <laughs> Do you? I don't think that's true. No. I kind of I feel mean, like they sometimes maybe, not in positive ways. Well, not in like fic- in fiction. In like feature films or TV shows or commercials, they're they're always um, it's always positive. I saw a commercial not too long ago where a black man was represented as not the smartest person in the room. Okay, so it happens. Sometimes some of these representations are not positive. Well, that's fucking. That is fucking not okay. That is unacceptable <laughs> in two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. He was um, he was the butt of the point of the commercial yeah, yeah. and that's Yeah, but was was it like a black Don't be like this black it, guy, you but know. Was it his wife who was like showing him up? Cuz that's okay, I think. He was compared I I don't want to I almost don't want to say it on this program, but he was compared unfavorably to a white man in this situation and that's all that's that's all I'm going to say about it. Fucking boycott. I'm not going to say the name of the company because I don't want to give them... Even to boycott e- them publicly. Even to do them, that. Even to would, that. Would I, give them, them, um, I give them nothing. Smart. I give them no mentions. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, race. By the way, uh, you mentioned... A, what did you mention about an airplane a minute ago? Oh, smoking on airplanes? Smoking on airplanes. Well, there was a smoking airplane that went down that we'll talk about a little later in the show. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it, it involves, uh, man, oh, man, what, such a strange such a strange uh, entry in the Guinness Book of World Records. And, I, and if you know what it is, then just keep it to yourself wherever okay. you are. Okay. Uh, now, uh, I'm not going to say a word. Man, uh, how was your week, by the way? You had a great piece in the post. It was okay. Yeah, I had I had a I had a piece in the post, um, and I had um, I'll have another piece in the post tomorrow. Uh, but it's a reprint, so I don't get extra money for it. Oh, um, a reprint for, of a piece I had in City Journal this week. Okay, great. Um, yeah, that, no, it was, it was good. And then I just really busy. You know, I had a lot. Of, I was I was doing a lot of work all week. All right. Well, we got stories. In just a minute. Hi, uh, this is uh, this is Chris Laker. I'm I'm back in the New York City park. Yeah, you know, I it took it took a while for me to come back on. Yeah, you know, it was uh, I I was on a long vacation, and I needed a haircut, and I didn't get one. So you listen to the New York City you podcast. You Conan O'Brien. He's a guy. And, you know, it was fun. Yeah, you know, I went out there and I did what I had to do. But it's really about pet, you know, a podcast. Doing secret. I chew. Bless me. It's funny how they used to always say it that way, too. For patients who chew gum. But it was always for chew gum. For chew for, gum? For patients, for patients for chew gum. That's what they said. No, for patients who chew gum. Who chew gum. Instead of for patients who chew gum. For patients who chew gum. It's like they're not saying take up chewing uh, gum just, you know, because this is a decent uh, gum. But, 
the dentist recommended if if you're already one of these if you're gum, a gum chewers, chewer. then you know, okay, it's you could do point. worse. Yeah. yeah, the way that came up, so I was asking if you would promote the jewel if you uh, or, um, uh, if if for, for patients who, if who I were, use nicotine, if I were paid, right? Otherwise, they can go fuck themselves. Yeah, I'm probably it's, not. It's gonna... it's just okay. You know what I will promote though for free is brim. Brim, brim coffee. Oh, fill it to the rim with brim. Fill brim? it to the rim with brim. <laughs> if it's some other coffee, you give it half a cup, <laughs> or you fill it not to the brim. Oh well, it's got white, such a you rich really like. flavor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but when you were talking about the the phrasing of for patients who chew gum, oh right, it reminded me of um, other odd uh, commercial uh, phrasings. Or oh okay, addiction. So. I always like the way he said, fill it to the rim with brim. <laughs> yeah, to make sure you pick up on the rhyme. We rhymed a thing. Yeah. and Because we, we were talking about addiction. And that's what I said. People don't understand that about addiction. People who aren't addicts at all, and, and a lot of addicts don't understand. Part of the fun the, is, is having an addiction. It's the addiction itself. Yeah. It's not necessarily what it does. It's, no. It's, it's the, Just, I enjoy having something that I must have. Yes, it's um, it's 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 circular logic, but it um, it, there's a certain beauty to it. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. The the great thing about circular circular logic is that it's always symmetrical. That's it, true. And, and symmetry is the most beautiful thing on the planet. Yep. Widely regarded to be. That's yep. why you see people with like weird looking faces. Why women get so upset when they have breasts two different sizes, which they almost all of them do. I've never seen a. I've never seen two breasts of the same size side by side, even if it's like um, surgically. Uh, oh yeah, just yeah. Leaving that aside, if mean, they if it's, it's just God's handiwork, right? God with God, God always gives a nice little imperfection there. Sometimes significantly. I had one girlfriend with like, I mean, I won't tell you who it was, but has. <laughs> Drastically different size breasts. Really, one big one and one, not no. I say one big one, one regular one, and one that is, um, you know, gymnast. Huh? Yeah, one um, standard, one gymnast. I would say. I knew this guy. He used to be my friend, and we're not friends anymore. And he's kind of like not the most attractive guy in the world. Did you guys have a fight over breasts? No. Um, he's like this gay guy. Um, you had to fight over a dick. No, but he he would always say he would he liked to talk about how he was very about whether he was attracted about his looks and blah 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 and he'd be like I'm not classically handsome but my features are very symmetrical. Okay, I would say yeah, you know what? Everybody's features are symmetrical. Like Somewhat. we have bilateral symmetry. That's yeah, like to a certain degree. To a certain degree, yeah. But so, but I mean, <laughs> actually, you know what else he would do? He would say. My penis, it's 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 not that it's very large; it's just very thick at the base. <laughs> so, so it's, it cones up. That's not yeah, good. Yeah. Well, so like another friend would say, like, "Oh yeah, his 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 dick is six feet tall at the base." Yeah. <laughs> the, he says very thick at the base. Yeah. It's, it's pointy and sharp. Right. I guess it's uh, like like the Great Pyramid of Cheops. Yes, and obviously that is the kind of design that will endure. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be digging up his penis in years in years to come. Yeah, so dusting it off. Look at this. Oh my God! Wait, we're not at the base yet. Keep going. What? Look at this <laughs> tiny penis we found. <laughs> in the oh yeah, I forgot almost. Uh, 
from the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. In the boogie down B, an alleged drug smuggler arrested with about $10 million worth of fentanyl stashed inside coolers filled with fish. 35-year-old Johnny De Los Santos Martinez charged with two counts of possession of a controlled substance after police found nine pounds of fentanyl. Good God. It's enough to kill Bronx, the Bronx. Kill the Bronx, yeah. yeah. NYPD detectives had spotted two boxes in the back seat of his 2017 Acura and found the two styrofoam coolers when they searched his car in Parkchester. Each contained fish wrapped around two brick-shaped packages of fentanyl. And another brick was tucked inside a vacuum-sealed package of chili. So I guess that's the two counts. The f- one for the fish and one, one for, the, for chili. the chili. And now this guy has ruined his dinner, wrapping it around fentanyl. Yes, yeah, I, I mean, you could eat anything if it's wrapped around fentanyl. That is a, that, I've never done uh, fentanyl That kind of reminds me of the time when my, my wife put too much fennel on some fish she was making, and it was disgusting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's, I guess that's, that's I guess one, one count different. of overseasoning. <laughs> he was uh, the bail was set at 150 grand, which seems pretty small considering For nine pounds of fentanyl. And also, the charge seems pretty insufficient too, right? Just possession. Possession. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely possession for resale or possession, some sort of a distribution. Tra- I mean, that's. I mean, be, I don't see sure how. Would, how that's is he not personal armed? Personal use. <laughs> he couldn't use that much in a lifetime. It's enough fentanyl to kill Prince, Tom Petty, and Michael Jackson. No shit. I've seen the amount of fentanyl. If you, I, I don't remember where I saw it, a meme or something, but uh, uh, maybe it was in a magazine. But the side-by-side photos of the amount of heroin needed to get you high and the amount of fentanyl needed to get you high, you know, of a dose, I guess. All right. And it's so it's so tiny. It's yeah. it's like a hundredth of of what you need heroin-wise. Yeah, I guess they've really worked on developing some of these drugs, like. Uh, these synthetics yeah and and created some interesting things and some of them catch on and some of them don't uh is it cocodril crocodile oh crocodile crocodile i can never remember exactly what it is but i just know it sounds like crocodile and that's probably why i can't remember it because i keep wanting to say crocodile yeah but uh that stuff is uh incredible i mean again it costs half as much it gets you twice as high or something yeah, but doesn't it like wind up like eating away your flesh somehow? Yes, it kills you twice as fast, so which makes really it a double that. bargain. You know, I mean, <laughs> if you're if you're trying to die, this will do it. I don't. What do you mean you don't get this? Why somebody would do a drug that rots your flesh? Yeah, um, I mean, why didn't why did they come up with a drug that rots your flesh? Isn't oh, this yeah. just something that pe- like people were like, really poor people do in Russia? Like, I don't think anyone does it in America. They do actually. Um, in fact, Mandy Statmiller, news or Mandy Statmiller. Was addicted she, to crocodile briefly, briefly. Oh, no, she was. And I helped her get off it. Oh, that was so nice. How do you spell you. this drug? K R O K K R O K Crocodile. Okay, yeah, it's it, it auto completed. She no, news or Mandy Statmiller interviewed uh, some some women who were down in Florida and they were on this drug. It's made of uh, desimorphine, I guess is what it is. It's uh, synonyms are desimorphine. A uh, crocodile. Oh, that that explains it. A uh, crocodile and uh, dehydroxymorphine and permanent permanent huh. uh, dependence very physical dependence very high psychological dependence very high addiction liability very high. Are there any drugs where the psychological dependence is very low? 
psychological dependence? Probably <laughs> yeah. not. I mean, I bet marijuana is considered to be low, but it's well, it's, uh, it's not. It's not uh, actually. Well, because marijuana proponents like to say that not only is it not physically addictive, it's not psychologically addictive. It's good for the environment. It's good for the economy. It will. It could cure uh, disease. Mm-hmm. It could uh, save the planet. Uh, you know everything. Yeah, and that's the good thing about other drugs is you don't have their adherents and their addicts pretending like they're doing community service. Mm. Yeah, doing something good for the community, right? By smoking weed and 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 uh, comparing themselves all the time to alcohol, right? Which is, I mean, really, that there's some validity to that. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I mean, I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if weed is better than alcohol as a lifestyle choice as far as like, because that's what you fall into. Weed is a lifestyle choice if you smoke it with any regularity. And even if you don't, to some degree, it's a, it, this says uh, desimorphine is a synthetic opioid developed by a uh, roach. Oh, is that, could yeah, that be a powerful, fast acting yeah, R-O-C-H-E roach? That's like a, a, a pharmaceutical company. Yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> fast acting effects such as sedation and uh, analgesia. I don't know what that word is either. Analgesia? Like yeah. taking away pain. Oh, I see. First synthesized in 1932, patented in 1934 in the United States. Desimorphine was used in Switzerland under the brand name Permanent. It was described as having a fast onset and a short duration of action. Oh. That's ideal if you're trying to come up with a drug to sell, though. You know, something that doesn't last long but feels real right, fucking right, good. Right, But why does it rot your flesh away? Maybe that's just because people use, like... They use it in excess. Oh, oh, and 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 because maybe they the way they shoot themselves up or something. Well, with dirty needles and mm. stuff like that, they get infections. Relative, relatively little nausea compared to equivalent doses of morphine. I guess morphine causes that. Uh, dose by dose, it is eight to ten times more potent than morphine. Oh, it is a morphine analog. Okay, now that's the scientific stuff. Yeah, uh, medical prescribed. It was uh, previously used in Switzerland and Russia for the treatment of severe pain. Although for many years up to 1981, when it when its use was terminated, it was being used to treat a single person in Bern, Switzerland, with a rare illness. Oh, oh that's interesting. His illness was not having a crocodile. Uh, desimorphine was found to be faster acting, more effective than morphine. Blah blah blah. Recreational abuse in Russia. Yeah, it it attracted uh, international attention in 2010 to an increase in clandestine production presumably due to its relatively simple synthesis from codeine available over the counter. So you can guys buy some codeine over the counter. Can you still get that stuff, codeine cough syrup? I doubt it. Abuse of homemade desimorphine was first reported in Siberia in 2003 when Russia started a major crackdown on heroin production and trafficking. Mm. See, Russia, they, are, they help the world. They are a world leader in cleaning up the drug trade. Are they? No, I don't know. According to this, I think the they Philippines is. Yeah, Philippines. So, so they get the good neighbor that away. Guy, that guy's really something. He really is, though, right? He's like, I, I'll kill people. I don't give a shit. The f- he's like a full on, like. But the you funny know. thing is, I think he's actually a fentanyl addict. <laughs> is he really? I think I heard that he was like doing fe- using fentanyl, and he was like, yes, but uh, I have a prescription. I, I maybe I'm maybe I'm making that up. Well. You know, I'm they, not making they, it up. Maybe they, I'm they wrong. talk. They talk a good game, but uh, but apparently, uh, th- it's still there's still a lot of problems. That's the thing. I guess it's hard to clean up a drug culture. 
Well, I'm not sure just murdering all the drug users is going to really do it, ultimately. Mm. That's going to that's gonna drive up the price, right? But no, cutting, cutting, no, cutting demand will drive down the price, yeah. Which maybe that, if he's, if he's into that stuff, maybe that's, of course, he can afford it if he's the king of the Philippines. And I, I'm trying to, I'm still looking oh, at Oh, here this. we go. Um, Duterte on fentanyl use. It felt like cloud nine. So I guess he, um, he does use it. In his speech in Davao City, Duterte admitted that he took more of the required dosage of the pain reliever because, apart from easing his burden, it also made him feel like he was on cloud nine. Um, <laughs> I don't really get it. Cloud nine, yes. Well, I just don't get how it is that um, Duterte uses fentanyl, but he um, has all the other drug users like executed extrajudicially it seems like you know what they say like seem a little hypocritical he's got one finger pointing at them and three fingers pointing back at him yes that's the way it works it says yeah you were right about this it says uh illicitly produced desomorphine is typically far uh far from pure and often contains large amounts of toxic substances as a result of being cooked Oh, well, and used without any significant effort. Uh, no significant effort to remove byproducts and leftovers. Nobody's trying to cook a really nice, pure batch of uh, yeah. crocodile. Like in Breaking Bad. Crocodile. Yeah, where you get the blue crocodile, crocodile. I say it different every time. I figure I'll hit it right. Injecting any such mixture can cause serious damage to the skin, blood vessels, bone, oh, and muscles. Jesus Christ. Sometimes requiring limb amputation in long-term oh, users. For fuck's sake. Who wouldn't give their arm, though, to be on cloud nine? Um... Mm, that great. sounds pretty horrible. Yeah, and now if you look at all the photos, of course, you know they're great. They are. They are really. They, it does fuck you up. But anyway, these ladies that he, that she was interviewing down in Florida could not get their shit together. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like she it. had to drop the drop the story because like they, it would always be like ah I lost the password for my email address and then my other <laughs> one the computer's broken and I get, sorry we haven't been back in touch. You know that might be a story in itself. Uh, for crying out loud. Well, this Here's fentanyl one. story sounds... Uh, I still don't understand. He had nine pounds of it? Yeah, nine pounds. That's up to, like I said, $10 million worth. Uh, yeah, well, so what, what what happens... We hear about these drug busts with some regularity. There's no big deal made out of it. That's just the cops doing their job, and, and, it, and it's usually not front-page news. Sometimes it'll be these massive amounts of heroin and oxycodone and, and now fentanyl. Right. Uh, why don't they? Why is that not a bigger story? Because it happens all the time. Yeah, but it's still it's still important, though, right? I guess there's really not much to say about it. Yeah. When you get oh, the street we, value, the, and that's we it. We arrested some guy. We we look at this big bust we made, and you know they put it on local news for ten seconds, and they show the drugs on a table. Yeah, the drugs on a table. That's and, um, <laughs> and that's the story. I mean, it's, what else are they going to say? Sometimes they have an array of guns uh, there too. Yeah, guns, some some money. Yeah, uh, a well, scale <laughs> from the New York Post. A man was beaten and robbed in a racially motivated attack on the Lower East Side, according to police. The 37-year-old victim was walking home near Suffolk and Broom Streets around 2:05 a.m. on a Monday. Well, the crook walked up to him, punched him in the chest forcing him to the ground. The victim was slashed on his right arm and leg, and his phone was stolen. The thug 
called the victim a Mexican rat and told him to get out of my country. He also told the downed man, and that's F dash 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 G, Mexican, if you call the police, I will kill you. Well, phoning is what I was thinking, but that starts with, starts the, with a PH. PH, right. But, I mean, F, so, so um, it couldn't be... Because f- he's saying, I'll call the police. If you call the police, since you're a phoning Mexican, oh, I will kill you. Right. So it's not that. Um, faxing. Faxing. Right. If, he's a faxing Mexican. Right. Don't fax anybody. <laughs> right. If you fax anybody... if. That's, that's got. That's yeah, probably, that's a, probably yeah. what it. Is. If you call the police, I'll kill you. The victim told ABC. Well, the victim was taken to Mount Sinai Beth Israel Hospital, stable condition, uh, and they provided this sketch, uh, which they described as being uh, the the assailant, uh, forty forty five years old, also and six feet one, hundred ninety pounds, wearing a black North Face coat, which they put the logo right on there and everything. Here's the the sketch. It's very cartoonish. Yeah. They made the head way too big. As is done with a bobblehead. This looks like a racially motivated attacker bobblehead. Looks head. like a Central Park uh, caricaturist. Isn't that funny? I find that really funny. That picture? Yes. I mean, I've never seen him do it this way with the head way too large and the little body. It looks. Uh, it is a little you, odd. Usually, they look intimidating and frightening. This is, this is like a very a friendly. Well, uh, maybe they didn't want to race. You know. They didn't want it to seem too threatening because that would be kind of racist. Oh, oh I see. That would because, be a hate crime because there is dark skin here. It looks to be dark. It looks skin. as though he has dark skin. Yes, I mean he could be a white guy with dark skin. I don't he, know. he could be. Could be Middle Eastern. This could be any. That could. It, it's. He looks like Obama, kind of. He looks like Obama in a knit hat. Wouldn't it be weird if it, if it turned out that Obama is going around like beating the shit out of people and like slashing them? Yes, that would be weird. Weird. It's. It's. I only wish it was a little more likely to happen. You know what I mean? I did, wouldn't that be great? It's very unlikely. Oh my God! Though that would be the best way for the whole Obama saga to end. You know, he should have gone to see Black Panther. I guess. Yeah. So he could have a positive role model besides That's the president. The problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem with the president. He is the president. Where's his role model? Right. What I mean. He's got to go way back to Dr. King. Well, he's got to no. He's got to go forward to like. To God. Um, I got some news for you about God oh. regarding his ethnicity. <laughs> Maybe. Praying to Ike Turner. Well, okay, well, this brings us to uh, a very interesting story from the New York Post uh, in which a dog killer this relates to the whole immigrant thing. Uh, is, his name is Zhang Feng. Zhang Feng? Zhang Feng. Zhang Feng. <laughs> Say it one more time. Zhang Feng. <laughs> who slaughtered his girlfriend's pooch in a fit of rage and dumped it in a garbage chute late uh, well, last year. He pled guilty this week to aggravated animal cruelty. And, uh, okay, well, how about some details on this? I mean, you know more about this case than anyone. You wrote the story. Well, I didn't. I wrote a news analysis oh, I see. of the story. But I did speak to his lawyer. You did? Yeah, I called him up. Uh, well, it was an interesting case. So this fellow, Fang, he... Um, I guess he went to school here. He's from China. Zhang Feng. He's got a... Um, he, he was here on a work visa. He's a banker. He worked in some bank or something. Fucking immigrant bankers. And yeah, I guess he had a fight with his girlfriend uh, at some point last year. Or no, no. I'm sorry. He didn't. He had a fight with the girlfriend's dog. Initially, he claimed that uh, the dog was acting funny. And then it scratched me. 
And so uh, I stabbed it in self-defense. Okay. Um, now, the dog was a golden poodle, which I don't think is like considered like a vicious... A vicious mix. This is a mix between a golden retriever and, and a, poodle? a poodle. Yeah. Wow. That was a rape. Yeah, right? Um, I thought golden retrievers were so good-natured. I know. Maybe it was like a male poodle that raped a... Uh, Something. It had to be a female Something. golden retriever, and this a poodle got up on a stool. Did, did you get did, an idea of It wasn't necessarily this? a toy poodle. You know, there are large poodles, yeah. yeah. That's true. And, uh, and if it was one of those, this might have been a pretty good-sized dog. Yeah, I don't think it was a tiny dog, but I don't think it was a big dog either. Um, right. Anyway, so he stabbed it. Was, it. it wasn't a teacup golden poodle. It wasn't one of those, no. So he uh, threw it in the chute, uh, I think with the knife. And um, So far, this all sounds reasonable to me. I mean, I know that that's... Well, apparently, this is the kind of... Um, according to the lawyer, people have gotten one to two years in prison for this. For slaughtering a dog? Yeah, just for aggravated self animal defense. cruelty. Well, this wasn't self-defense. Has he ever... But he claimed it was. He claimed it was initially, but then it became clear that that wasn't going to fly because oh. he didn't really have any. He that his, there was he, no evidence. He, he couldn't prove that, uh, or that that he felt that that his life was in danger. Yeah, I don't think. Well, New York doesn't have a stand your ground law on um on dogs on dogs or anything. So you have to run. Even yes. if you even if you're armed, you have to first run away from trouble. Well, I maybe. I don't. I'm not fond of. Of that fact, I don't think that's right. That I have to be truly cornered in order to like take care uh, take care of a risk. Somebody can yell behind my back, threaten me all the way home, and I have to wait until I'm in a corner. Well, I mean, not that I'm dying to fight somebody because no. I mean, please, who wants to? <laughs> so anyway, Zhang Fang he um he pled guilty, and the judge said, well, this is a deportable offense. And I would sentence you to a very high sentence, but Zheng Feng had agreed to leave the country. Uh, so he's going to get, he got a 30-day sentence uh, in jail. But really, he's only going to serve like two weeks. Mm, well, though, I, I will say this. This is one thing that should be said. Now, in fairness, that is a seven-month sentence for in dog years. That's that's true. Yeah. Um. So his lawyer said, well, that's a sweetheart deal. I'm, I hate to interject. Actually, it's more like a three and three quarters a day yeah. sentence, isn't it? Since it's like uh, one no. seventh of 30 days. No, one, it's, lo- it's, it's, it's it's shorter for dogs. Their their time periods are shorter. They amount to a longer time in human years. So it would be uh, you would take whatever time seven equals 30. And it's that. Right. Isn't yeah. it the other way? See, because if a dog is 11, he's actually 77. So yeah. if he's three days, then he's actually 21, 21 days. 21 days. So the, it's the shorter period of time is the dog time. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So so that, I don't think any, somebody might have like picked up on the faulty math in that joke, but I wanted to make sure. That no, no, I'm glad you, covered. I'm glad we got that cleared up. Um, Yeah, so, uh, but so the, the lawyer said, well, listen, it's a deportable, it's his, it's a deportable offense, and he's going to leave. He's voluntarily just going to go back. He's already made arrangements. He's going back to China as soon as he gets out. Interestingly enough, he's married now to the woman whose dog he killed. Wow, this is two defendants within a couple of months who did terrible things to a dog, 
to the and girlfriend's then, dog, and then married the girlfriend afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of kind of weird. You got to take that fucking dog out of the picture. Sometimes that's the case. I guess. Did you know that when I met newsor Mandy Stabmiller, she had a dog. You told me about that, and that dog is is no longer with us. Yeah, I didn't kill the dog, but the dog's no longer with us. Wow. And uh, we're married now, so that's so that's so sweet. Yeah, I, it is sweet. I, I, it's my one of my favorite things about her. So here's my question about this guy. Could, they say it's a deportable offense, but it's not. It's not one of the 177 crimes or 170. How many crimes is it that Wazio well, talks about? Here's 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 where we, here's here's the rub. Yes, it's a deportable offense. He could be deported by the federal government. However, New York City is a sanctuary city. Oh, federally, it is a deportable. Yes, oh, I see. Federally, but New York City is a sanctuary city, and that means that New York City agencies, the government of New York City, including the police department, the corrections department, the probation department, do not cooperate with federal immigration authorities. Nope, at all. So, say they now. ICE used to have an office on Rikers and say somebody was going through Rikers and they have a bad record. ICE could say to, to the people at Rikers, hey, hold this guy. And then when uh, you're, when, when we come, we're going to come get him. Yeah. And deport him. Well, would you mind a little, just, you know, little help here. Yeah. A little help. Mind holding this guy. We're Thanks. law enforcement. You're law enforcement. We'll be there in a couple days. We'll be there to pick him up. Um, well, no longer ICE was kicked off of Rikers Kicked off of Rikers. Yes. And the city no longer will cooperate with ICE uh, with what they call detainers. Like, here's a detainer request. Except the city will cooperate if and only if, one, there is a judicial warrant, a warrant signed by a judge saying, please hold this guy. And two, the person has been convicted of a serious or violent crime. And de Blasio always says, there's 170 crimes for which we will cooperate with ICE. Yes. Serious and violent crimes. Now, you would think killing a dog seems pretty serious and violent. I mean... It does. Psychologists and criminologists always say that cruelty cruelty to animals predicts cruelty to humans. Yes. Yeah. So, people who torture dogs, torture animals... Well, it's just another little step to torturing a person. Or being sadistic, yeah, is being sadistic. and Right. But it, it, yeah. I checked the list, and uh, aggravated animal cruelty is not one of those crimes. So here's my point. Oh. Zhang Fang says he's going to leave, right? He yeah. says, I'm leaving. Voluntary, though. I'm doing a voluntary departure. Mm-hmm. Suppose when he's in jail, he's like, you know what? I don't want to leave. He could, like, get out of Rikers after 14 days, hmm. take the bus, the Q100, from Rikers to, uh, you know... Queens. To Queens. He could uh, go back to his apartment in Manhattan and could. resume his life. But he said... He, he said he's going to leave. Yeah. He said he, he said he, he said he would. He did, but... Are you, I mean, it says he gave his word. He gave court. his word. I know. I know he did. And he said he would go. And we should really just, there's no reason not to expect him to, to make good on his word. I mean, 
because just because he's has a wife here, just because he's Chinese, is no reason to assume that he's going to lie about this. No, I guess um, I guess not. But I mean, yeah, of course not. I mean, we have to take him at his word, right? But so if he wanted to, he could just resume his life here. You know, he might have to work off the books because he doesn't have a visa anymore. He doesn't have a work visa. Um, he might have to work off the books. He might have to uh, get a fake social security number. Well, but here's my point. Yeah, is he will be protected by New York City. ICE could go and try to find him and arrest him. Yes, but New York City will not participate. Will not cooperate because he's been convicted of a, a serious and violent crime, which under federal law is a deportable crime. It's a deportable offense, but it's not serious and violent enough to satisfy Mayor de Blasio. Yes. And so it would appear to me that the judge, the prosecutor, uh, and, uh, I mean, well, basically that's it. The judge, the prosecutor, and the mayor have uh, agreed, like, this is a good workaround for you know, actually taking any action on a guy like this. Like, uh, you know, she's, the, the judge is on record. She's quoted. She's, you know, well, since you're leaving anyway. Yeah. Then fine. And, and, and so she's willing to take him at his word, knowing that it's not, she could easily have, in, have legally encoded that by just, you know, signing uh, the order know. that you mentioned, right? I don't know. Be, no, because it's not a, um, Deportation is not a municipal function. Look, ICE can go to his house and deport him if they want to. My point is, when he leaves Rikers, the Department of Corrections is, is mm-hmm. not Oh, under, no. They I, can't. That I know. But I mean, prior to that, when they yeah. were deciding his sentence and everything like that. Right. Didn't you? Okay, there's two ways that you can circumvent, you know, the... Deporting the judicial warrant is to get a detainer. Even if she signed the warrant, uh-huh. uh, Department of Corrections would still not observe the detainer because he's not convicted of one of the 170 series. So it has to be both. Has I thought it was both. Either, oh, I thought it was either or. Okay. And wow. the conviction has to have been within the last five years. Okay. So somebody, some murderer from 20 years ago. I would have thought that murdering a dog. Now, it's serious enough for a lot of people to get one to two years. Sure. Uh, or I say a lot of people, but I mean, it's half. That's the sentence. It's That's the, the guidelines. Two yeah. years. Uh, all right. So. Um, but you know what? Here's the thing. is one we, of the re- They really want to keep immigrants here, don't they? They really do. Apparently in China, they're already up in arms about this guy. For no like, kidding. For wasting food. <laughs> I'll be right back. Hey, it's Pat Dixon. I hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, you know what I enjoy about this show? No ads. This is kind of an ad, but forget that. Go to patreon.com slash patdixonnyc, and that's how the show keeps going, through contributions on patreon.com. Go to patreon.com slash patdixonnyc. This is not the first visit for you guys, right? It's uh, my first trip here. Oh, to New York? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, uh... But, but you guys visited in, uh, like, what, Reno? Reno, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was out in Reno for family court business, and when that was done, which was nothing, I met my lawyer for a few hours, and then um, I was able to meet Becky, and we hung out the whole weekend and hit it off, and it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, it's what a convenient place to live. <laughs> yeah, right considering everything, my family court case is out there, and here's this girl who like found me on Instagram randomly out of nowhere. On Instagram. Yeah. Not in a creepy way. I didn't seek him out on Instagram, but it was more like you follow Kim Kardashian or somebody. I didn't think, you know. And then, Celebrity uh, follow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I followed Gil, and then um, I freaked out because a couple days later, he liked a photo of me in a bathing suit top. And I, I sent all my friends. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to eat me. <laughs> so you were familiar with the story. I was, yeah. I, was, I followed it. I followed a lot of... Um, stories like that you know I was kind of obsessed with it to be honest I tried to find his ex-wife which is a funny story in Reno really my friend and I um we wanted the details I wanted the dirty details so I thought you know everybody needs friends are there any dirty, <laughs> dirty details that haven't come out <laughs> I don't think so I mean, well now I, I can go to the source yeah everything I think everything has pretty much come out with yeah. this case the I mean, court I, transcript every time I masturbated <laughs> when I was 12 years old <laughs> like, came out uh, and documented yeah. every time I think about that I'm so just like I find it really uh I'm, I'm appalled at, what, at that one that can you had you to sit through that can you imagine your mom and dad sitting in court and then listening to how, how you masturbated and the things you thought about? and you know, oh, my God, so The whole city, the whole world, yeah. mortified. It's public record. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You can read on page 45 of, you know, the things I wrote and things I thought about when I was jerking <laughs> it off. January 24th, I, I got turn an around, like, it, it's, it, it's a freaking, it's a crowded courtroom every single day. There's not a seat to be had. And, like, I turn around and there's, like, everyone from the New York Post and the Times and Daily News, everyone just scribbling stuff down. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, I wanted to hide. Man, no, couldn't. Yeah, no, you couldn't. You were so, under oath. Yeah, so, yeah. So, meanwhile, I'm sitting there in court and there's Becky out in Reno somewhere following the case. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Little did I know. Yeah, that is. It's, you never would think that it would work out that way. And you were there, and you and you thought, "I'm going to find his wife, his ex-wife." I thought uh, I wanted the details. Actually, he inspired me to um, start talking to perverts. <laughs> oh. Online. Well, well done. <laughs> not for uh, <laughs> not for sexual gratification, but I was just very inspired. I saw this picture of this guy who looks totally normal. He has family, and um, I grew up in a small town. And I thought, uh, where'd you grow up? Was it Reno? It was uh, it was Westwood, California, a really okay. small town. And I thought, you know, how many guys from my high school want to put me in an oven? You know, <laughs> probably all of them. I mean, I kind of want to put myself in one. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, I started wondering what, you know, what are the people next door really looking at? What's on their, you know, their porn search? What's on their porn hub? So, and that was all based on like learning about Gil. I was inspired by Gil cause uh. he looks so normal. He didn't have that menacing look. So my friend and I, um, I thought it would be a really good coffee table book. So I started, I put an advertisement on Craigslist, casual encounters. This happened. And it said, um, dark fetish chat, woman for man. And I put up an advertisement and I said, um, my fetish is your fetishes. I want to know, you know, so. Man, you are into living dangerously. Uh, yeah, well, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm so bored. I'm so yeah. goddamn You bored. and my wife have a lot in common. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, no. um. <laughs> it's like, it's just interesting that, you know, and I'm wondering, how do you find these perverts? And besides, I guess, Craigslist, Craigslist. is going to be the good way. Craigslist, casual and, encounter. And I bet you there. got, I bet you har hardly anybody responded to that, right? I mean, gosh, who would be interested? Oh, yeah, just my, my phone, fro my, you know, server crash. Uh -huh. So, it was really interesting, but I was kind of, because of Gil, I kept telling you, I want to talk to somebody, you know, I want to talk to like cannibal person. I want to talk to, you know, I was just very curious. And I started asking Is that what they call them at West? Cannibal person? Yeah, cannibal people. Mm. Cannibal person. <laughs> cannibal club. 
And, and so this is like a real, um, geez, like uh, I guess a uh, we're getting together with Gil must be. That's you, you've it's hit the top super, rung, yeah, of perverts, <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, yeah, well, he's the most normal pervert I've ever met. You mm. know, which is obviously a huge saying something. You've met a ton of them. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> you just see, she, she, she's very popular in uh, India, actually. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Why? So why is that? Mm, uh, well, I don't know. I can tell you. Yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, <laughs> she uh, she was on a web like a forum and just. I wrote a bunch on a of website. Articles. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, people from India are very sexually repressed, and they would reach out to me for advice, which I couldn't give them. You know, the, I would just tell them, "You need to jerk your dick. You know, masturbate. Don't be afraid of it. It's not going to bite you." What was the, their advice? What would they would? How do I ejaculate or something? How do I they? talk to a woman? Oh. How do I speak to someone? You know, just shit I don't know. I mean, yeah. She became like this Ask Becky person for people. Seriously, yeah. And and your answer's always like, fuck, I don't know. Yeah, no. (laughs) Very popular column. I just fuck with them. You know, I send a picture of a... ISIS person to one of them and ask how many goats, you know, for... (laughs) But they keep writing back. (laughs) Yeah, it's... and, And so you have this following in India. Wow, yeah. you're international, international perv hunter. Mm-hmm. Perv hunter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that should be a show. Mm-hmm. It would be a good coffee table book too. Well, I I saved all the conversations, and I used to, it was fun at parties. You know, get a little drunk, start reading. I mean, I met people. I met this guy who had a bunch of he had like ten, fifteen Asian women, and they had to sign a contract. They all slept in a room. And the contract he sent it to me, and it said they must kiss the master's dick once a day. They had to wear the little the little butt plug tails, and he would take them on walks. They had mm-hmm. to do naked exercise, but he'd buy them all a car. And he said, you know, I cry when they graduate from school. And just this this crazy oh, pervert. Oh, these are very young girls then. Uh, no, some of them were old. He just, he liked Asian women. But graduating school, yeah. that's, that's not a real thing. It's just a... Well, yeah, you can, you know, lifetime student. I don't know. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Nail I, tech no, I, salon or whatever they No, I did, you don't mean literal school. <laughs> yeah, they get their degree <laughs> in cosmetology. Degree in nail buffing. Mm-hmm. And he paid for it. He looked like the skipper from Gilligan's Island, which was interesting. Cause Alan Hale, yeah. You'd never know to look at a guy, you know. Yeah, no, he doesn't look like Alan Hale. You never would have thought, you know, had any any prurian interest whatsoever. He might have been. He might have been. Oh, yeah. That's he might, why he you, might have you just team, never know these days, right? Team of Asian ladies <laughs> at home. Yeah. The relationship with uh, Gilligan was a little questionable. Well, they had hammocks. Well, and love hate, and they were above each other, and you don't know what went on. Well, you mean it could have been like a sexual harassment thing, too. I mean, I guess it would be if they well, dated these days, the Me Too movement. Oh. Pete Gilligan would be all Me Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But he's a man, so nobody would care. <laughs> no. <laughs> Topple the, the skipper-ocracy. <laughs> you can't rape a man. Yeah, that's what they say. I think he certainly can rape a man. He's got a butthole. That's true. Well, I can't rape a man <laughs> yeah, without we, a foreign object An object, involved. yeah. It's safer. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it depends on, on how careful you are. So you, you can fuck up a man's rectum pretty easily, you know. Don't I know it. You know, size. <laughs> it's uh, nice to meet you. I'm talking to uh, Becky, uh, and I'll just go with Becky, I guess. Is that right? Yes. Okay, and Gil, and Gil Valley, the cannibal author whose new book is... Uh, doing uh, much better than Raw Deal, actually. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it just shows that people... It's like a story of an innocent man getting railroaded by the government is nice, but people like a sadistic freaking horror story a lot better and I wanted to write this book a fictional book 
just I figured coming from me with my background, it couldn't be something that was like a romantic comedy. It had to be something that really pushed the envelope. And I have to say that people have reached out to me and I've gotten reviews on Amazon. People who are fans of like the extreme horror genre have been like incredibly disturbed by the book, which is what I want. That's like a, a horror book is supposed to scare the hell out of people. It's supposed to make people uncomfortable. Sure. And um, so it did the job and it's done extremely well uh, for my first. I'm basically an amateur. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, people, you're official. You're you're a, you're an official author now. Yeah, it's twice two, two published. In, it's you know? really it's really uh, sometimes I'm able to like sit back and mull it over, and it's kind of, you know, it's a little bit surreal sometimes. Just the life that I had and the life I have now, and just trying to continue to build a new career, and it's just kind of uh, I never imagined I'd ever write a book. I was like a B plus level writer in high school, you know. Like, <laughs> Well, that um, makes you overqualified to write for, for people these days, I, I think. I guess so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's done r- really well. I want to uh, I want to keep writing. I enjoyed it. People, I have a fan club out there that, like, you know, they wanted me to keep writing. They're... So, um, yeah, well, you know, you, it wasn't as if it was the most unnatural thing ever. He calls it, like, we, we uh, texted each other about it, and he mentioned that he'd started writing a book, and, and you know, uh, that uh, you were, like, I don't know, nine chapters in or something like that. And I'm like, wow, when'd you start? He's like, uh, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it went really, uh, when I really plug down and sit down and I want to really bang it out, I can really focus. I don't really get writer's block that much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, what can you tell me about the story? Yeah. So uh, what's interesting is it parallels my criminal case a little bit where it involves the dark web. It involves a bunch of sadistic pervs getting together on the Internet oh. and planning out a kidnapping of a woman, trying to act out their desires. And, and is it which, a first time thing for this group to do this? Or Yeah, or? first time thing. But it's a bunch of people who are like rich and you know wealthy. I guess in that aspect, it kind of resembles the, the Hostel series a bit. Mm-hmm. But um. That, where, where, yeah, they, they feel a little bit above the law because of all their money. And yeah, stuff. exactly. So, and then like, everything, you know, I actually researched the dark web and I talked to some people who are familiar with the dark web and how, like, you know, all the communications are encrypted and it hides your. So, I wanted to make it sound as realistic as possible. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, so, I did a lot of research on that. And um, basically, uh, I think what might, what Seb and Becky can add to this too, because she read the book and she's really into horror and stuff. And even, you know, she was like disturbed by this book too, which is every time I hear that, yeah. it makes it makes me feel good. Like the fans <laughs> of extreme horror are like freaking out by the book. You're spreading happiness to everybody. Yeah. I just, I, I just think, um, you know, you have female victims in the book or people who are being stalked. I don't want to really spoil the book, but, um, yeah, like I, I that's really, what everybody I, truly wants. Yeah. So I, like I really, uh, write the characters so that you really get to know who they are in their lives, you know, both from the, evil end and from the people like the 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 women who have been targeted they're living their everyday life and one is a veterinarian the other one's a financial advisor and i just like i I get into their everyday life and then the next chapter is how the plan is coming along to oh so you're just watching these two things you know yeah uh, it goes back and forth like collision course right um it's very chilling because it's not so much the content as it is the writing and i say it's like a roller coaster because gil has a a really sick way of making you fall in love with the characters you know these characters you do not want anything bad to happen to them and when you read the book because you want to watch people die, but you fall in love with these characters. So it just is terrifying because every chapter it's like you get mini breaks. You get a chapter that's just terrifying. You're ready to put it down. And then you get a chapter. You almost find comfort in the chapters of the, the women and, you know, their lives. And then 
their families, their careers. Mm-hmm. And hmm. Interesting. So it's tension and release the whole time. Basically, that's what I was going for, kind of back and forth, like the swing the pendulum kind of thing. And, you know, I wanted people to get to know all the characters, not just see the, you know, in like these horror movies, you see a woman, she gets killed, and like that's basically it. I wanted the reader to get to really know who these people are. Oh, yeah. It's you want, to f- want them to feel it, right? Yeah. You know, so when so they- then, like, you kind of, and I, people have told me, you know, like there are parts where they, they kind of have an idea what's going to happen, but they don't want it to happen because they they get to they get to really pull for the like you know the the good people in the book. It sure. feels real. It feels it's an it's a physical experience. Wow, like a roller coaster. Wow, that's nuts. I've never read something that gripped me that strongly, you know. But I've only read like six books in my life, <laughs> so it's not surprising. Uh, so, Gil, you know, when you were a, a cop, you're married, <clears throat> married, and you have uh, a kid. And everything. Now you talk about how when you reflect, kind of looking back, I'm like, man, Jesus Christ, everything's changed so much. Even just getting divorced is a big deal. Yeah. And so, like, not only that, did you get divorced, but, uh, you know, your career changing, also becoming a public figure. Also, you know, I mean, in public, becoming a public figure in like the weirdest way possible, all your sexual fantasies revealed to the entire world. In fact, that's the way people know you. Yeah, and I had a choice. Like, do I want to hide from it and just like change my name and. No matter what I did, if I applied for a traditional job, people can just search my name and all this stuff would come up. You know, it's like no hiding from it. So I decided. Well, having a traditional job kind of sucks, too. It does. I mean, I, uh, I, I do have one now that I like. I work, you know, just to get back in the routine of a normal life. I mm. work a nine to five job and I'm learning a lot. It's in the construction industry. I've learned a lot about it. And they were able to, uh, they, they, they weren't troubled by your. Uh... Well, no, uh, my mother used to work for that company. So I knew the boss, the president of the company, before all this happened, he went to the same high school that I did, years apart, but, uh, so we had that connection, and he... I was know, almost about to tell your mom, say, tell your mom hire for me, because I feel like I know her after seeing her in the, in the, yeah, the yeah, movie. Yeah, so. news articles and a documentary, and she, yeah. she was kind of the face of the family when what I was a, what, a, what a great woman she is, you know? I mean, like, I, I remember just being so impressed by how, like, you know, absolutely just on your side, you know, all the time she was. You yeah, know? well, she was sort of the face. It was everybody in my family. You know, not one person ever believed the charges, and that's something I heard right off the bat from uh, Julia, my lawyer, Julia Gatto. Mm-hmm. She was the pipeline the first few weeks between me and my family because I couldn't see my family. I was in prison and you know the visitation paperwork kept getting lost. Whatever Just happened so there, I don't know. Insane. But one of the first things she told me the day after... She said, you know, your family, like, they, they, they love you. They want you, like, they don't believe any of it. They want you to defend yourself, stay strong. And um, it must have been hard for them on the outside. Jesus. Yeah, and they must have, like, uh, really been, uh, I mean, like, what if you would have known when you went in that it was going to be, what, 22 months? That you were going to be, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that you know. The, you, I, mean, I bet when, a lot of people, when they get in a situation like that, they think, like, oh, I'll be out in a couple of days. Everything will be fine, right? Uh, there was some aspect of that. I had bail hearings, you know, a few of them, and they just didn't work out. So yeah, then, but I mean, know, the day you go in, you know, you're, yeah, you're, you're day, thinking like, oh, I'm... This it's, a, it's a misunderstanding. Exactly. Gonna, exactly. I'm like, I don't know. I don't need a lawyer. I'll just talk to them. I'll explain it all. And, they'll, you know, this, this is the FBI. They're smart. They'll let me go. I, I got a shit draw with this. It's really mm. crappy well, you didn't FBI. do anything. What are yeah. you expecting to go to prison for? Right. 
Yeah, well, I mean, they certainly came very close to doing it, you know. And, and I, so this wasn't like I was going to go to prison for five years. Like they were gonna, they were trying to give me life in prison. No, with no possibility of parole. Yeah, right? and, and in the federal system, there's no parole. So um, can you believe the jury like came back with that? I mean, what 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 is the? How could they do that? Well, part of the problem with the case was how the prosecutors presented it and how they behaved in the closing arguments, and that became a big deal where they said a lot of things they shouldn't have said, and they focused more on basically the future. Like, what if he does something in the future? They kind of went that But I'm on trial for what I did in the past. I'm charged with a crime from the past. Right. Nobody's charged for a crime they haven't done right. yet. So, uh, I, you know, people watch a lot of trial shows and things like that, and you never see a lawyer object during a closing argument, but Julia objected five times during the closing argument. She got up and said, you know, you're on objection. Like, this is... So once that closing yeah, argument... Yeah, I was about well, to ask. Like, I mean, there, there must be some form of objection there. And, and so five times they, yeah, they during, crossed the line of saying, hey, and like, it what, was actually, what might happen? It, it was way more than that, but she only objected five times. She could have objected probably 17 or 18 oh times. Christ. But it was just one after the guy, Randall Jackson, real dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like part of the thing, it, uh, there was a female prosecutor that was there for most of the pre-trial stuff and then right before a trial started we got this guy Randall Jackson and Julia said right away he's more about like the theatrics and yelling and screaming yeah, that's I all think, he did he just like ranted and raved to the jury and pounded the podium yeah, and you know <laughs> if it doesn't fit you must acquit you know if you make a rhyme then he can't do time <laughs> you know it's it's uh it, it, that kind of stuff is uh, I I, I want to say that that Really, there's no place in the law for that kind of thing. You know, I mean, when you get people's emotions wrapped up in something, they can't really look at it, you know, objectively. Yeah, I think one of the big problems with the criminal justice system is the prosecutors have so much leeway to mislead and, you know, just say things that aren't true. If people find out, the judge finds out later on that, you know, they kind of misled me, nothing really happens. It's like business as usual. No consequence to that. No, a defense lawyer, you know, a defense lawyer has the reputation of being the slimy one, right? They're trying to get the defendant off. They're, they're the ones going to pull the tricks. Mm -hmm. but, and I kind of felt that way too. When I was a <laughs> cop, I was like, all right, I, like I'm on the good side. I'm putting people in jail. I have people prosecuting them who are And why would prosecutors be trying to put away innocent people? Exactly. You know, Which so is still a question. I mean, yeah. like they knew that you were innocent. They knew. They, they had to know it as well as anybody else. Yeah, why they would they know. have this? I mean, they were willing to, to put you in a cage for the rest of your life just to uh, save face, I guess. Yeah, these aren't dumb people. These are people who went to Ivy League law schools, you know, so everyone at some point got it. Like there was no evidence here to support what they were saying. They had to also, but like you said, it's about saving face, it's about conviction rates, it's about all that stuff. That's how they make their money, that's how they get promoted. It's almost like, you know, I don't know, it was just, it was a mess, but we felt good after we got the guilty verdict, which was terrible. You know, we felt optimistic. We had still, you know, appeals to go and my lawyers, I mean, you know, what do I know? I was sitting there just listening yeah. to all this stuff, but my lawyers felt that the closing argument was so bad that that alone, never right. mind the lack of evidence, but right. the closing argument alone could get us a new trial. And that, mm -hmm. that became, in our post-trial paperwork, we had two lines of argument. One was the lack of any evidence, and the second line of argument was the closing argument was so bad and so improper. So that, illegal. That alone, <laughs> yeah, that alone could get us a new trial. And the judge, you know, thank God, he didn't give me a new trial. He uh, he went the extra step and said, "This is he's not guilty, uh, and I'm going to dismiss the case." Yeah, that's really which a, never happens I for mean, a federal judge to do that, isn't it? 
It just seems like you never that you never hear about that happening. I mean, it's like uh, I mean, just to, it's, while the jury's wrong and I yeah. can overrule the jury's verdict, I yeah. didn't even know they could do that. Yeah, well, me neither. But it happens <laughs> a very. I mean, someone put a percentage to it one time. I think it happens less than two percent of the time. So in a way, I'm you know I feel lucky that I had a good judge, but also I mean, if anyone was gonna do it, this was a case to do it. Because, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to go away for the rest of your life I got and so you go from this I was on the fast track to working my way up the NYPD I was gonna move uh, upstate or Long Island you could buy a house with my wife and daughter and of course just, you know they everything was going so well and then this all happened and um and now you... it's like you know I'm acquitted and I'm out of prison and everything worked out I've completely cleared I have no criminal record but it's not like things just go back to normal mm-hmm you know, um, and you can't become a cop again. Right? No, I mean, I just I, if I really wanted to rattle the drums and bother people, I, I probably could, but I just don't think it's realistic in this city, especially mm. where you know. <laughs> I mean, you know better than anybody how much you know, the, the, the tabloids follow right. the post Daniels. They follow everything the I post do. The posts have something there all the time, right? Yeah, they'll, they'll they'll have the scanner. They'll follow me every job I go to. Someone's gonna call nine one one and have the cannibal cop show up at their door. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Great. It's just not something <laughs> that's... On a domestic. Yeah. It's not something that's realistic. And, you know, I try to set up a dating profile, and I'm on the front page of the New York Post. So like, they just... Everything I do, you know, I wrote the fictional book, and I got phone calls from everybody. Everyone wants to talk to me about, why are you writing a book? And they're just interested in everything I do. So I just don't think it's possible. But you mean yeah. being a cop, being a, it's great now to be an author and have that kind of like, then they're, they're really still, you know, yeah, into it. As so that's from, good. From the author perspective, um, to have that kind of space in a New York City paper where I write a book and everyone wants to, you know, on, on the, Daily, front page of Daily News next to Donald Trump that I wrote a horror book. I mean, People have to beg for that kind and, of coverage. Yeah, an yeah. author would kill for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that works in my favor for sure yeah. uh, it helps get to get the word out um, people would kill for that people yeah. people people would kidnap somebody roast them on a spit mm-hmm. and eat them for Cannibalize. that kind of thing <laughs> 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 what, what is the now you don't you didn't fantasize about actually eating people it was more like a fantasy about everything leading up to that right and yeah, so it's more it was like the every, woman's fear and the, stuff yeah the, you know the total control being a dominant the woman being totally helpless and scared and everything and mm-hmm. but the actual act of eating the person that didn't that's where kind of everything stopped everything would build up to that point and then it would kind of stop and you mentioned a minute ago Becky, that you like uh, want to put yourself in an oven right well not not really I no not i mean yeah i know not really but i mean is that sometimes it's just, do, do your fantasies and gill's fantasies dovetail together very much no actually um gill and i our friends on a different level that has nothing to do with that kind of thing, oddly enough. Oh, okay. Um, I was just shocked at how much we had in common. Uh, most of the time we talk about uh, food, you mm. know, stuff like that. <laughs> Honestly, it's like the most normal, um, you know, thing ever. I've got my quirks, for sure. You know, mm-hmm. if I had yeah, a... You did research, uh, you know, yeah, pervs, and, and you have a big perv following in India. Yeah, I like talking to pervs. I've yeah. always liked talking to interesting people. I like knowing what makes people tick. Um, everyone's a little different. I like knowing why, and I, I'm very non-judgmental. And um, clearly, 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. It's a good way to be. And do yeah. you think uh, that you have like a, a reporter's kind of a curiosity or something? Do you ever think about becoming like an? Are you an investigative reporter on the side you know, or something? You know, no. Honestly, I'm a very unmotivated human being. Wow. That must be I, nice. I want nothing to do with anybody or anything. You know, I, I want to be shut in my home and you know do what I want. Yeah, that's one thing we have in common. We both kind of hate people. Yeah. Right. We'd rather just stay in our inner circle, do our own thing. Yeah, I would love totally. talking to, you know, a pervert, uh, a bum. You know, I like hearing about people's life stories. But a normal person just bores me. Yeah. So uh, you, uh, but but you can't sit in the privacy of your home and have those conversations. I guess online you can, but most homeless people are, you have to kind of like. I don't invite them over. No. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, how uh, strange. What a, and, and, and for, for a living, what, what do you do for a job? What is your job? I'm a children's nanny. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a bartender um, pretty much my whole life. Bartender or waitress. Mm -hmm. And um, I've kind of gotten away from that for the last couple years. I yeah, it gets old, really. Well, you get sick of it. You mm -hmm. know, the same, same bullshit day after day. Coming in to open that bar, you know, and it's just like that smell when you, when you first walk in. That bar I like that smell. smell. I love bars, and I love the smell. I love the, um, you know, it's like a home for people. It's a refuge. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's cool. You learn a lot about people. You know, you see everybody's secrets, everybody's perspectives on things, and it Yeah, you're dealing you with a like a real uninhibited type version of the person and everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You get somebody drunk, you... Get, you get to all. know I'm on a different level. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, and she's a really good listener. When I went to Reno, we went to uh, where she used to work. Because, um, like, as she said, she lives in California now, but she's from Reno. She lived most of her life in Reno, I guess, and she worked there as a bartender. And we, we went to the place where she worked. I mean, this one after another, people coming up, Becky, how you doing? How's everything? I mean, they, she was like beloved over there. Oh, yeah, she made a ton of money over there, too. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, did well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did well. It's, it's, I, was a, I was a lousy waiter myself. I thought I was a people person. Until I waited tables for a couple of years. Absolutely not. I was less good at that kind of a job. I was more, uh, I made more money off my personality and my sympathetic ear mm. than the actual job. I was mm. pretty lazy. At, oh, at right. That kind yeah. of a thing. They, I'm sure you got their drinks to them on time. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, I'd be more like, Bob, you know, shut it. You've had enough anyway. Go home to your fat ass wife, you know. <laughs> but the meaner you are, you know, people like to be abused. Yeah? Yeah, they really like to be abused. If it's funny, maybe. It's always funny when I do it, but yeah. so maybe that's why. It has to be some humor. I well, as a helps. woman, you feel that power because you can just straight insult somebody. But if you got a nice rack, you know, they're like, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true, yeah. Yeah, it's a powerful feeling. Huh. Yeah, that explains a lot of careers, actually. Mm -hmm. Talking yeah. to Gil Valley, his visitor, Becky, will be back in just one second. I'm Bill de Blasio, and you're listening to New York City Crime Report. You know, looking at now, like be everything being the way that it was, you know, with the FBI and stuff like that, you must not be now quite as surprised to think about <laughs> what happened with you and the FBI. Yeah, I was know? talking to somebody about that the other day, actually. You know, anytime the FBI is dragged through the mud, I fully support it. Because <laughs> um, they deserve it. Yeah, if the FBI is dragged through the mud, I pump my fist a little bit. Good for I, you. I, I, I hate that it has to, let me be clear, I don't want a bunch of people to be killed, but. The fact that it was the FBI that dropped the ball, like they did in my case, like yes. they do a lot of other cases, and 
you know, I think a lot of other cases, yeah. In yeah. The, the, you're talking about the with guns and mass shootings and stuff, where yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, had well, the inside information exactly. and, and use they, it. And there was a thing in Florida also with the with, with the terrorists who shot the gay club, you know, the, the pulse. Oh, Marmitine, yeah. Yeah, I think they had information on him too, and mm-hmm. they chose not to pursue it. Yes, yeah, I saw a little graphic it had a list of them, and there's a ton of them. There's yeah. so there was like eight or ten where they definitely should have, you know, been able to stop it. And and it's not so that's why increased gun control is really not. The answer, it's just enforcing the shit we have, you know? It's, it's, it's you know, doing the things that you're supposed to do. And, and it, of course, uh, I know that, I don't know if there's any truth to the idea that they're too busy trying to chase down, uh, you know, Russians and stuff like that in this case, you know, because yeah. I think mean, like, this has been, they've been dropping the ball for a long time, you know? They've yeah, always, well, Trump's playing, Trump's playing that card because right now the, uh, the credibility of the FBI isn't at his all-time high, so he's going to keep playing the card. And you mm. know what? Every time he tweets, he pisses people off. He's like the ultimate troll. Yeah. So let, <laughs> let him keep doing it. Yeah. Whatever. Oh yeah, the tweeting man. I love it. The yeah. No, it worked. It worked through a campaign. You know, Lion said he had a nickname for everybody. Lion's mm-hmm. head. My favorite was uh, John Kasich with the, with the uh, one for forty eight Kasich. Then he started attacking him for the way he's like stuffed his face on the campaign trail. And his, his like eleven year old son's watching the TV. And he's, he's like, no, don't watch this. No, he's, you have to see John Kasich in a diner like shoving a pancake down his throat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bear, no, 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 don't. You, you can't watch this. <laughs> Little Marco Rubio. Oh uh, yeah, little little Marco and uh, Crooked Hillary, of course, and yeah. uh, Pocahontas. Yeah. Pocahontas, I love he's that. A, like the Native American, he's giving uh, some medals to these Native American guys. Like we mm-hmm. we have a Native American in Congress. We call her Pocahontas. It's been here a long time. <laughs> yeah. That was great. He yeah. cracks me up. He, he cracks me up. And never had. A, there's never been a candidate before, even uh, let alone a president, that I've been like, man, I, that I like that guy. I really relate to that guy. Comedians think, yeah. relate to him in a lot of ways because. Sure. I mean, you know, he's a he's a guy who really knows how uh, to how to handle a heckler, you know, as he did with uh, Megyn Kelly, uh-huh. and he knows how to handle uh, a crowd. He knows how to how to like roast, you know, and be one up on everybody, and he knows how hard it is to follow a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's 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 more difficult for white people to do. It's very difficult white for just, white people. We today. do. It is very hard today for white people <laughs> in every way. Imagine being a woman who voted for Donald Trump. Never in my life have I felt like um, I am apparently was a member of a club that I'm supposed to be uh, very loyal to the Absolutely. women club. Absolutely. Oh man, you're yeah, you're part of the, you're supposed to be part of the hive. And I'm a woman, and I'm like, where the hell have you bitches been? Because you've been the meanest people that I'm. You know, now all of a sudden it's about women's women sticking together, and I'm looking around. Where? Yeah. Where? Bullshit. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, like, there's uh, women are they they're with you so long as you say exactly what you're supposed to say. Yeah, and then they turn their back on you. Look how they treat you know uh, what's her name, the one who uh, well f- you know Sarah Huckabee for one. Uh-huh. You know they're mm-hmm. downright cruel to her. Oh, they're they the first ones to look at her makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Look at her makeup. She, Nothing we do is for men. That's the biggest thing that bothers chubby. me. All of this that I do is not for, for men. Yes, it is. It's either for men or it's to compete with other women because nobody hates a woman like another woman. Mm. Nobody. It's funny. This is, I used to get pissed off when, when a girl would tell me, I'm like, I don't care. You don't have to do all this. We're trying to get ready to go, you know? Yeah. And I don't, it's not for you. It's for, it's like, for who other the women. fuck is it for? You yeah, know? yeah, it's for other women. we got to be better than them. Weird. Yeah, it's Weird. how we get our validation, being better. That's mm. why assholes get so many women, because they insult them. You know, you insult a woman, you're in. 
Oh, right. I always nagging. heard that growing up. Like, I could never be an asshole, but everyone said you have to be a dick to get a girl. Yeah. It's like, damn, I can't. I, I just can't Women do that. Women hate themselves. And if you can if you can have a sea of men, 100 men, tell you, you're hot, you're beautiful, you're smiling, you're like, yeah, fuck all you. There's the one guy in the back is like, is that a mole? <laughs> and you're like, yes, why? You know? And yeah, that's, that's probably a, a and human you're instinct. In love too. After that. If so, I could go back in time in college and I told a girl I'd love to put you on a spit and roast you, I mean, I would have a little bit better you luck. You probably <laughs> would. You probably yeah. would, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, they don't well, like it. You're just like nice, like, oh, wow, you know. It's funny, I was just talking about this with my news whore Mandy Stavell, the wife, last mm-hmm. night. Man, what a discussion. She she was, she was brought up as an example of somebody who knows the right thing to say to women, right? Like somebody who knows how to like go right to a woman's psyche. Do you know the movie... Uh, Casino, James Woods. Yes. You know, just mm-hmm. like, and she's like, Segan, that's a, he, we, you know, gravitate towards a guy like that, you know, because he, he's like a, you know, pro- a good protector or something. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? Do you remember yeah. that movie? The, in the context of the movie, he's like a pimp. He's an asshole. He's, yeah. a, he's only nice to her like that when he, when he wants to get money from her. And yeah. uh, she's like, yeah, that's a, it's, it's an example that I pulled. She throws just shows how fucked up I am, you know, but like, women, yeah, they want that guy rather than this Nero guy who's like, hey, 